0: is a right and how are they different from entitlements let's talk about that as we stray further every day what you believe about god dictates how you will think our philosophies dictate how our culture behaves politics is simply the enforcement of cultural norms the truth claims about god philosophy culture and policies will affect what we value when these things are in alignment revival is possible Hello there, and welcome once again to Further Every Day, the podcast where we explore current events through the lens of the Christian worldview. To my right today, I got Miss Nikki sitting in the chair of Theology. How are you?
1: I'm very good. How are you today?
0: Doing well. Glad to have you in there, dealing with sola scriptura, the reason for why we believe what we believe. Now, yours truly, sitting in the chair of Philosophy, bringing the rigor that the Christian must have with their faith, without a good thought process. If you don't process what God has said, you're really going to miss out on things. And to my left, I've got Mr. Steve. How are you, sir? Hey,
2: man, John Arthur. I am doing great today, sir. Sitting in the chair culture. Yes, sir. Walk up and down that street, man. Dealing with the culture that exists
0: and the counterculture that the Christian must bring. So, if you've been in the news, you know that uh, Joe Biden is considering declaring a national emergency for the women's health crisis of not being able to murder their infants in utero. People are talking about their freedoms or their rights. Let's Go ahead and start to ask the question, what what does that mean? Because if if any of you have watched The Princess Bride, you know, this is the point where Indigo Montoya says, why do you keep using that word? I don't think it means what you think it means. Rights and freedoms. They're a little bit different than what we're talking about. So let's lay out why. The difference matters. So first off, I think we should go ahead and we should define what freedom means. Miss Nikki, can you go ahead and get for me out of the Webster's 1826 Dictionary, uh, the first definition that they give for what freedom means?
1: Okay. Freedom is a state of exemption from the power or control of another. Liberty, exception from slavery, exemption from slavery, servitude, or confinement. Freedom is personal, civil, political, and religious.
0: So let's think about that for a moment. There's a synonym there. Just hold that thought. There's a synonym there. There's liberty. Mr. Steve, in the Chair of Culture, yes. can you get liberty from us from the
2: Webster's 1826? 1826. Natural liberty consists the power of acting as one thinks fit without any restraint or control except from the laws of nature. It is a state of exemption from the control of others and from positive laws and the institutions of social life. This liberty is abridged by the establishment of government. Okay, so there's a lot going on there. There's a lot going on there. Let's go ahead and break it down
0: because some of those words... People have not thought about what common law is. Do either of you remember what common law specifically was referring to? They also called it natural law. Where did the founders and Webster derive common or natural law?
1: I would believe that's from the Bible.
0: That's exactly why it was called common or natural law. And And that's really a distinction that's worth mentioning. Multiculturalism... Sometimes it just doesn't work because we have different definitions and we have a different value system. Another topic for another day, maybe. But let's look at how the word entitled has changed from 1826 to 2022. Miss Nikki, can you get the Webster's 1826 for entitled?
1: Yes, it means um, dignified or distinguished by a title. Having a claim as... Every good man is entitled to respect.
0: Okay, so that's saying you are entitled to it. It is gifted to you based on the merits. Uh, Mr. Steve, can you get me the 2022 definition for entitled?
2: All right, here's 1A, the state or condition of being entitled, a right. B, a right to benefits specified especially by law or contract to belief that one is deserving of or entitled to certain privileges. Now, John Arthur, I don't know about where it says a right to benefits because you know the difference between rights and entitlement. And that's an
0: interesting question because you're looking at a Webster's Dictionary that is more it's more focused on the secular humanist perspective. So you've watched how rights are something that are God-given. And now you see that in the 1800s, when they were defining the word, rights were God-given. They were established by God under natural or common law, the law that God had laid down. And entitled was something that was in... Is a descriptive, saying an entitlement as a noun was something that you were given because it was due you under God's natural law. How has that definition slipped or changed? Because it has.
1: Okay, so God's natural or common law, and think of it this way. Every man is born equal. They're of equal value, equal importance, and God gives them the ability— to work now, we as other humans in the society do not have a right to hinder or prevent somebody from going out there and working and having the right to buy land to work and to to just show the gifts that God has has given him. That I'll put it that way. You can't like in slavery you couldn't own property, you couldn't do that. That was completely unbiblical. But today. What we have is people who think they have rights to things that the other generations had to work for. I should not have to work for my food. I should not have to work for my medical expenses. So- I should be given those things because I don't know why, because I guess I'm a person and I was born, and it's your responsibility to take care of me.
0: So what, what makes the difference is the question that we need to ask. What is the difference between a right and an entitlement? And that's where we need to drill in. What are you entitled to, and who entitles you to it? And today, if I can kind of sum it up, rights are given by God. Yes. The modern definition of entitlements people talk about they're taking away our reproductive freedom. You have trans rights, you have, which are Entit- they're not rights. You, they are entitlements. Right. Because Correct. what they're doing is, is they're giving you a tax break f- for getting married, quote unquote, for having a homosexual union. We're talking about the right to get a surgery, a right to get an abortion. These are not rights. These are entitlements. Correct. Where does the value... From our rights come from our rights. Who instilled that value? Because there's never a free lunch. Chair of theology, where did our rights come from, and what did they
1: cost? Well, our common liberties, natural liberties, from the biblical perspective, is it came, They came from God. Every man. I mean, it's it, it's a every man is entitled. To be able to work and to attain property, to attain uh, wages, and not to be hindered by other people. Now today, and I'll tell you where I feel this, this all started, politicians, I will give you this if you vote for me. You're entitled to this, so vote for me.
0: And that right there is, is where it breaks down because where your rights come from is they come from God. God condescended to give us these mm-hmm. rights. Jesus Christ died on the cross to give us a whole new set of rights. Correct. It's because rights or entitlements, they do not come without a cost. There is always a cost. If you have something good, it costed someone something.
1: Correct. It- An
0: entitlement is man-made. It comes from man, and it doesn't come from the men and women in the government structure. When an entitlement comes, it comes out of the meat, lifeblood, and tears of the people. And if you look at what happens when God is replaced— And the rights are replaced with entitlements. We watched a lot of this in the last century, Mm -hmm. did we not? Yes. When man was put on a throne, entitlements are a counterfeit to rights. And so let me break it down. You have the right to liberty, the ability to move about without infringing upon someone else's right. You have the right to life, the right to self-preservation, the right to protect yourself and your family and keep your your family safe, and you have the right to pursuit of happiness, right. as long as you are not in direct conflict with someone else's right under common law. By the way, all these statutory laws, you look at them, the ones like speeding, speeding li- limits, for example, reckless child endangerment is one thing. The speeding limit is arbitrary. There's no victim, necessarily, unless speeding through a school zone There are 100 children in that school zone. There's 100 victims of the reckless endangerment. But what we've given the government is an opportunity to replace God with itself, the politicians, to replace Mm -hmm. God with themselves. What kind of cultures have we watched do this in the last 100 years? When they replace the right to freedom with the right to food and health care, how well does that food go in Stalinist Russia or in Maoist China?
2: Ooh, man, that doesn't go very well, John Arthur. What happens is, is like, you know, millions of people die. They either starve or they get killed. Um, in Stalinist Russia, they had millions of people that were killed. Uh, or what happens is, is they ended up, Uh, holding the food and gave out only small amounts to people and decided this is how much you get because I, as the government, own the food that you grow. Mm -hmm. I own everything that you have. You grow and then you give it to me and then I give what I want to you. The entitlement Right. They give you the entitlement of food. Correct. Everything is entitled because it is government-owned, and then the government is entitled to give you only a certain amount because, like it says here where it talks about, um, given especially by law or contract, and what they do is they make a law or a contract that says we're going to give you so much if you grow so much food yep and you get this amount
0: to each they are in their need and to each you know they in that's the communist manifesto so Correct. You, so you look at what entitlements are is they are a cheap replacement of your rights because stalinist russia maoist china they didn't get an opportunity to get rid of the government officials who were squandering the wealth and damaging because they didn't have a right to. That's correct. They had the entitlement to health care. And by the way, in places like Canada, Canada where they have free health care, you, you want to look at some great stuff, uh, Lauren Southern... Uh, Steven Crowder, they've all gone through the ca- Canadian health care system. Rebel Media did a lot of stuff on this where they go through the Canadian health care system. So you see what that entitlement looks like when it's 100%, unlike the states, where it's 100% on the government's onus to give you health care. You have to wait six months for a blood test or nine months in some cases. You have right. to wait for weeks for... For, fracture, for care for a fractured pelvis, you have to wait. That doesn't sound like freedom. That sounds like an entitlement.
1: You right. know, uh, a friend of mine who just recently went to a conference, at, uh, and she wanted to learn how to raise bees, and the gentleman was from Russia. And he said in Russia, he wanted to build a cabin on his property. And he had to wait 10 years for the approval. So he just went ahead and he built his cabin. And they, they came in and tore it down. And he, that's, that's why he's in America today. But when you let the government make your provisions for you, what you're doing is you're letting them, you're looking at them like they're God, and they will play God. Because when you start to threaten their position, those that may not agree with them, they now have control over everything. And you have just lost. Your freedom. Entitlements will lose freedom. That's what it'll do.
0: Well, it's a replacement. and it's That's a sick, absolutely true. It's true. a sickly replacement, and that's what sin yes. always is. That's where you always end up falling. And so you have the right to abortion or the entitlement to kill a child. So here's the thing. You have the right to freedom of association. You have the right to adoption. You have the right to contraception. You have the right to marriage. In that situation, where did you ever get the right to end a human life? And once you get to the and again, from the philosophical chair here, your philosophical underpinnings of what is a human, if it has its own DNA and it will become a human or has the potential to become a human, how can you justify killing it because once you go to consciousness or once you go to viability 2 year olds are not viable 90 something year olds are not viable without extra care mm-hmm. we can kill them then if consciousness is your argument are they awake are they asleep if they're not conscious is murder okay you're not in, you're not free to kill Someone else you've been entitled to under a sick and twisted secular humanist ideology. But but here's the thing: we've lost the narrative, and what the culture has done is the culture has run with it when we have detached ourselves from truth. When we take a when we start to take background as conservatives, as Christians, more importantly, first and foremost. What does the culture do? What is its reaction going to be when we take away entitlements and attempt to reinstate freedom? What?
2: <laughs> well, what? Say that one more time. Re say that one I'll, more time. I'll, I'll, Just... I'll
0: rephrase that. I'll rephrase that. So when you have a freedom, you have rights. Okay. Uh huh. When you replace those rights with an entitlement, and then. 50, 60 years later, we're able to get that entitlement adjudicated as immoral. How does the culture react to having a man-made counterfeit of God's rights taken away abortion, specifically in this case? Well,
2: people end up thinking that it's a God-given right when... It's really not. What it is, is it's a, all it is, is where the government, like we've been talking about earlier, where the government thinks that they're God and they say that they're giving you a right, but it's not really a right. All it is is an entitlement. If, if for instance, like we were talking about, talking about it just before be- but excuse me just before the show started in the original constitution all of the amendments talk about how if you look at them anybody can go and look at the original amendments it talks about how every single one is a right it is a right Given to you. Now, if you go and look at all of the amendments that have been added to the Constitution, the ones that have been added, not the original, the added ones, okay, they say at a point, and it's usually typically in whatever, like, they're, they're, the added parts of the amendments are like in section, section one, section two, section three. It's typically in about section two. And it talks about Congress shall or the president shall. Okay. What it is, it's a government given right. And it's just like Miss Nikki and I talked about. If the government gives it to you in one hand, they're going to take it away. In the other hand,
1: so now that you explain that, explain how it was written prior to the changes. What was what was the terminology then? The president shall now. But what was right. it prior to that?
2: Uh, they were God given rights.
1: It was referring to, to the okay. right. I just wanted to make Where? that that distinction. That is that the wording before was the right was given under God. Correct. Now. The right is given by Congress or the president. Right,
2: where okay. they are given by the government.
1: And I'm sure that terminology was done in, in on purpose.
2: Intentionally. I'm sure correct, it was. Correct, so that they can be taken away from you at any point in time. If it is given to you by the government, it can be taken away by the government. People don't seem to realize or typically read specifically the wordage that is written in the Constitution to completely understand. Now granted some of this stuff is legally written but you don't have to be a lawyer to completely understand some of the verbiage that is written in these things. All you got to do is just read it to understand what it exactly says and they are basically government entitlements is all they are. That is all that it is and they can take them away just as easily as they've given them to you
1: correct
0: so that's really where the moral of the tale kind of sits do you want your rights to be god-given or man-made because when they are man-made that is where you lose the preciousness because man tends to change the way things are. You don't have the right to go out and make your own income, your living. You don't have the ability to establish yourself in any, give me a single man-made bill of rights that does not reference the Bible and does not reference common law. You look at the French Revolution. You look at the... Uh, um, British Bill of Rights, you look at the American Bill of Rights, and you look at what they're, look, what they're focused on is common law, natural law, God's law. Mm-hmm. You look at Germany in the 1930s, you look at Russia, you look at China, you have the pr- entitlement or the privilege you are given by the government, not the right to freedom, not the right to the pursuit of happiness, not to the freedom of speech, not to the ability to defend yourself. And if you really want the cops to defend you, hey, I'm as pro-police as the next guy. But you look at Uvalde, you look at Parkland, officers are not perfect. You are giving your right over, and you're not trusting God. You are trusting man. And so the other thing that people often forget is and I want to pivot a little bit to a distinction because it's really important that we're winsome when we talk about these things. We want to win people. We want to win people over. If you want to win someone, when they talk about, doesn't everyone have a right to healthcare?
1: I would like everyone to have healthcare. I I do. I, I want everybody to have the ability to have healthcare. Now, do we want to dive into how healthcare used to be and healthcare is today?
0: Exactly. Exactly. So do you want to have a right to a or an entitlement to a sp- specified non-growing health care, or do you want an entitlement for Canadian health care? And let's back up a step further. Where, where, where I really want to go is you have the right right now to seek health care. You have the right to make an income. People have the right to donate money to a St. Luke's or to a Shriners or to one of these other hospitals for medical advances and by the way that's where all the medical advances are coming from they're coming from not-for-profit and from donations and then also the free capitalist enterprise system all of these countries that talk about having um, you know we have free health care this and that well you know there's there's two countries that make all the drugs I'm sorry united states and israel but the israel Mm -hmm. really they they piggyback off of us for a lot of their stuff they're intelligent they're smart they're great uh but
2: they come up with a lot of discoveries on on
0: things we're we're also actively protecting we have been up until recently active protect actively protecting the world not just israel but the world and that's why you look at finland sweden sweden all these places that have been boasting about free health care they've been spending what it's some enormous amount of their GDP on their healthcare system, but zero on defense. And so the moment there. that Russia decides to <laughs> aggress, hey, can we join join NATO? We want a free what? ride.
2: Exactly. We
0: want a free ride. We want to go, we want to get on. We have not been paying for the past 60, 80 years of the lifespan of these alliances. But now that we are about to lose our liberty, we want a Free ride and you stupid Americans, you don't have entitlements like we do, but you've got a great military that came out of the Um, free market. So the question is,
2: we want you to do like you're doing for
0: Ukraine, for us. Exactly. Exactly. And where, where you end up with, where you end up with is once everything becomes an entitlement, you no longer have the, it's just human nature. You no longer have people willing to work hard for these items because there is no freedom. You can't build your log cabin in the Urals. You can't. Right. You can't do these things. So when someone says, "Do we want?" Don't you think people have right to health care? And I, I, I got sidetracked a moment ago. You have a right to access a doctor. You have a right to association, but if you have an entitlement to health care, you never get the right to associate with doctors that the government doesn't want you to. And so, and by the way, whether or not you think COVID and the vaccine was well handled or not, just imagine whichever side of that issue you're on. Imagine the government forcing a pet peeve that you have some healthcare decision. They can choose your healthcare decisions and you no longer have the right, but you only have the entitlement. Moving on to the chair of culture. Once you have a culture of people who are used to entitlements only, they are only eating at the feet of the government. They are only eating the scraps that the government gives them. Does that create weak men or strong men?
2: Oh, weak men. Weak men. Because, you know, you don't have men going out and providing for their families. You don't have men going out and working um getting out and doing what men do and being a man, providing for their family, feeling like that they are supplying for their families it gives a man um the feeling of being able to do and supply for his family and it it makes his family feel good that, knowing full well that he is supplying and filling the needs of what his family needs. You know, and, and granted, in today's society and culture, we have women that that get out and work equally as well as men do. And then sometimes you have men that have problems, uh, whether it be from war or handicap problems that are not able to get out and do things, where. The woman supplies, but a man is still able to do things around the house and, and do things that are around the house that still that a man needs to do for the house that women are not capable of being able to do repairs, whatever it might be that a man can do. Correct. Correct. You know, because there are just things that women can't do around the house that men are needed for. And so that- I think
1: I think you're, what you the better terminology is there's a lot of things women don't want to do around the house that a man right. is better. Now, I will that- tell you, there are some women who can do a lot of things and uh, they, granted, can, they can. Yes. But I think what you're really trying to get to and in, in everything that you said is when entitlements take your freedom away. You, when you're talking about going out and working, there should be nobody putting a cap on your income. You should be able to make as much income as you want. You should be able to have the house that you want. Entitlements, if you go to a communist country, which I've visited Romania, they're not communist anymore, but I've seen the housing. Everybody has the same apartment. The doctor and the garbage truck driver pretty much gets paid the same amount of money. So... That doesn't make you sleep well at night. That That is a survival. I'm just surviving, but I'm not thriving. I'm not growing. And whereas I, when you're talking about a man and a woman working to build their home and their family, that's thriving.
2: Correct. And I'll tell you what, uh, when I was in Romania on a mission trip, you can see the housing that was built by the communists. Yes. And they are all the same. Everything yes. is the same, unless you are the absolute most poor, which are like um, those that are the destitute or the, um, I can't remember the ones that. Uh, gypsies. The, the gypsies, yes. Gypsies. Thank you, Miss Nikki. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, I always slip my mind, which no one in some of those countries don't want to associate with whatsoever we went to a village there their homes were nothing but corrugated tin that's yes. all yeah. the roof the walls everything that's all it was was corrugated tin yes. that was it the nicest building was the church yeah. that was that was it how those people stay warm i have no idea probably a wood stove that's my guess because probably. i saw smokestacks coming out of them at that time of the year when it was cool at night and all of the buildings everything were the exact same communist buildings everything was exact
1: the same and entitlements also rob you from wanting to to be innovative to make things better because if it's given to you you don't have a reason to go out and be creative. It, it steals your creativity away.
2: Right. And the younger people that were there were so excited about their new government and being free. And the older people that were there in that, uh, there in Romania, you could see some of them were still looked like they were beat down by the, the communist government but there were those that were starting to seem like they were coming out of it. But most of the elderly there just walked around like they were beat down by the government. It was it was not a pleasant thing to see by some of the elderly.
0: Because it really wasn't every entitlement comes out of the back blood, sweat, or tears of people. In the, in the community, yeah. it always comes at a cost. Your rights, your freedoms always come at a cost. So do entitlements, so just remember that. Remember, you're not a, you're, you don't have the freedom to murder a baby in utero. That fr- entitlement to abort your child, that comes out of that baby's blood. When you – so th- 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 there was a tweet the other day, and I posted this in, in, in our little uh, group chat for the show. There's this fellow online. He was running for Congress in 2020. Let's see I, I'll, 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 I'll see if I can find it and put it in later. But this fellow goes and says, you live in a country where you have the – you and your doctor can decide uh, that you need a treatment and that you need to get it. But then you have to apply to get it from a third-party insurance company. In America, they call it Freedom. Yes, dummy. It's called freedom of association. You are free to pay if you don't want insurance. You don't have to get it. You can you can do a cash transaction. You want to know why it is so messed up? A friend and I were talking uh just earlier today we we're talking about the difference between he said if if the insurance companies would just get out of the way and i said you you're you're part of the way there insurance companies are a solution to a bad problem when you have a government subsidy of any sort and when you have the regulations that prevent doctors from being able to work in a normal ecosphere and you have to apply and qualify for certain hurdles to get through insurance to get paid by insurance i know a guy he was uh, the owner of, a, of the radio station i um worked at for for a while dr arango hey if you're out there I hope you're doing well sir but he comes in and he's uh he's he's this little uh, uh south eurasian or south pacific fellow he comes in he goes look at this i charge a thousand dollars to insurance and i and it's a, a bunch of little things this is a chiropractor a thousand dollars of insurance he goes they pay me 60 That's right. He says, Mm -hmm. I would rather get $60 in cash from you. You give me $60 cash and bills, I will do double the work. He says, because I don't have to fight all the regulations that I have to meet to get an insurance payout. So you have the right, you have the freedom to associate with a doctor. But do you, do you have the right or entitlement for them to work for free or for all of America to pay for them to work for right. you?
2: Yeah, look at all these little um, uh, little uh, places that are popping up all over the place, all these medical little places that you can go to. Man, you can go and get something done, pop down 150 $200 cash and get all kinds of things done. They'll take your cash in a heartbeat.
0: And all of that came during the era of deregulation. If you don't like the bad, ugly orange man, I'm sorry. But uh, he had a funny hairdo, but he definitely got the government out of the way. Some people talk about Trump as though he's he's the most brilliant strategist of all time. Okay, that's a debate we can have. But you know what he did that was wonderful? He got the government out of the way. (laughs) He got the government out of the way. And, and if you want to have, you know, hey, I actually really like President Trump. I wish he hadn't been so um, difficult to defend
1: <laughs>
0: and saying things that I thought were indefensible. Uh, but the man understood that if you give people freedom, things will work out in he, the end.
2: He knew how to do business.
0: He understood. I
2: mean, he understood business.
0: And he understands the basic human condition that people are naturally greedy and evil. Right, and if you put in that's and that's the situation, and so here's the difference between the two worldviews, if I will, if you will be so kind as to let me kind of sum that up. You've got two philosophical worldviews where one group believes that man is basically good, and that if we all allow man, we provide for his needs, man will effectively work for good. The other group believes the biblical worldview, not the secular, secular humanist worldview. The biblical worldview is that man is basically evil and that you allow man freedom as God has given us freedom. You afford man the rights that are God-given, and then you have a good judicial, executive, and legislative system. You minimize the amount of damage that is done by man, but you limit the power Of government instead of seating it in God's place because once government is seated in God's place evil occurs and I I just want to throw this over to the chair of theology and then I want to walk over to the chair of culture for just a moment but when you have that fallacy that man can somehow replace God have we have we not seen this in the Bible have we not seen that man attempts to put himself over God
1: Oh yeah, I mean, you can go back to the Old Testament, the children of Israel many times for God. I mean, how many times over and over and over again. And for, you know, pleasures, usually it was, it was pleasure. It was for easier living, you know, instead of trusting in the Lord.
0: Sorry. No, by all means. Keep going. Yeah.
1: So, instead you need to put your faith in 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 God and but you know, let me just share this. When you're looking to the government to solve your problems, you rob man of God giving him new ideas. I would take a a group of men in, you know, just society to solve things over the government because the government is really limited in what they can and cannot do. So when I talked about innovation, when during, you know, my son will tell you, during the depression, there were a lot of millionaires that came out of the depression because They were thinking, what what can I do? What can I do? What can I do?
0: And that's the thing. Greed is the best motivator. I know this is going to sound very, very disheartening. Well, I don't think
1: greed should be. I think, how do I live? How do I I get over this hump? I don't want to be poor. I don't want to be hungry. I don't want to be living on the street. What can I do? And it motivates you to start thinking and working and acting in different ways over the circumstances.
2: Inventive minds and... Started working.
1: Yes. Man,
0: man will always work in his self-interest. Man will always work in his self-interest. And that's not a bad thing inherently. That is a God-given uh, motivation and a God-given drive. By the way, if you're watching, you see that uh, Danny Boy has just popped in. How are Hello. you today, sir? Hello. I'm doing good, doing good. Glad to have you in the chair of politics today. I'm glad to be here. Sorry I'm late. You're late. I'll slap uh, you later. Sure. But for now, that's we'll all pop,
2: right. We'll pop him in the head. I
0: mean, I, I, I guess that'd be child abuse. But then again, we'll go ahead and leave a beat. I'm, I'm an adult. <laughs> moving. No. Oh. Uh, well, that, that's a debate. Moving over to the chair of culture. I want to get your take on this. When you have a culture, we've we've established that you have a weak culture. You have a right. culture that is failing when you were relying not on rights, but on entitlement. Go ahead and speak to what Miss Nikki was talking about, about the strength of a culture that is built on self-reliance. A lot of people my age, you know, you've got millennials and uh, uh, Zoomers who are just tired of hearing about pulling yourself up by the bootstraps. People are tired about hearing, you know, when we talk about mental health, some people say, well, no one wanted to hear about those things. When you talk about you know, going up the, you know, the, uh, the hill both ways in, in snowshoes, there was a different sort of self reliance right. at a different time. Go ahead and refer, reflect on that I, culture for just a moment. I'd heard,
2: uh, it's interesting that you mentioned pulling yourself up by your bootstraps. Um, I'd heard on with, uh, uh, not to get too political here to step on uh Daniel's side here his chair but a a democrat talk about that a uh, republican was saying that you know at times you need to you know some of these millennials need to reach down and pull themselves up by their bootstraps and and learn to to get out and work and 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 make a living for themselves instead of you know relying on entitlements, and she said, well, some people just aren't capable of being able to bend down and and reach their bootstraps. Well, you know, if you're working... Try jogging. Well, that's what I'm (laughs) going to say. Exactly. If you get out and do something, you'll be able to reach those bootstraps. I mean, come on. I mean, I have had people, when I used to do some teaching on stuff, they were not able to reach down to the floor to reach their bootstraps. Guess what? After a number of weeks or a month or so, they were able to reach those bootstraps, and they were able to do something about it. It's not hard if you work at it.
0: So there's a common argument, and I was just, I was just watching something. Um, it was a rebuttal to Matt Walsh's book and a few other people. And, and, this, and this one lady goes and says, it, effectively, not everyone is running a fair race. I agree. Correct. True. True. Not everyone is running. Not everyone is given the same head start. We all have different size mountains to climb. Different uh, depths of valleys to tread, but we are all innately valuable. We all have that innate opportunity in America only to rise above. You want to understand where where all of all the poverty comes from. It comes from intergenerational poverty, typically from parents not sticking together, but. You want to see the, most, the highest upward mobility in the world? It's in America, because we've made a culture of allowing you the freedom, not diluting opportunity with entitlement, but allowing you the freedom to grow up. And pulling it by the bootstraps, that has always been a
2: misnomer. Guess what? You're, you're talking about that, and is an interesting thing. I had had was coming to a church on a Wednesday and I had called an Uber to get here early. This has been a few weeks back and it was a gentleman and he was from uh, Nigeria, I believe. And he had come over numbers of years ago and lived up north. I think it was Chicago or Detroit. And I I can't remember which city. And He had started Uber driving up there and had started doing fairly well. He'd he'd gotten married, had a couple of kids, came down here, and guess what? That guy was an Uber driver with a Lexus, man.
1: (laughs) I am not
2: kidding. He came over here poor as can be, and guess what he did? He saw opportunity.
0: That's what freedom does as opposed to entitlements. And
2: he why did he come over here? Because he saw America as a land of opportunity. And I talked to him about that and I prayed when we stopped I asked if I could pray for him and his family and he says, "Oh my gosh, yes." Yep. And I prayed with him to continue with his ability to be able to continue providing for his family and have prosperity. Just because he did what every person that comes to this country wants to do and tries to do. Exercise their freedoms. Exactly.
0: And that's, the, and that's the key. So, Daniel, you've kind of been out of the conversation here. Let's rein you in. And I want to go ahead. I don't know if you had a chance to read the show, Matt. But we're to, to kind of break it down... We're comparing, if you haven't figured this out yet, the idea of God-given rights versus the counterfeit of man-made entitlements. So when you have a God-ordained institution like government, which it is, God set up and ordained governments, God gave governments the rights that they have, when you have a God-given institution like government that has now stepped outside of its boundaries, it's no longer... Protecting rights, but creating the counterfeit of entitlements. What does that say about our view of God? When we, as Christians, you run into a lot of Christians that believe that we should have entitlements. What does that say about our view or our understanding about God-given rights? When we substitute those for entitlements. Yeah. Well,
3: it's, but
0: it, for for lack of a better term, it's and
3: you don't understand it. If, if you are like willingly giving government more power than it should, the, the entire point of government is to govern people, not like necessarily tell them what to do. That's why we have elected officials. That's why in America, like we have people that we put into office ourselves. That's why we have a chain of command in government In and of itself. That's why the president isn't like a king. He can't do what, whatever he wants whenever he wants. There are, there are certain things that he has to jump through hoops to
0: get done. He's restricted by the God-given natural law, and that's the and that's the key, right? Keep going. Yeah. Well,
3: what's what's the point of the Second Amendment? The Second Amendment is for us to be able to protect ourselves, protect ourselves, um, and not just necessarily from each other, from a tyrannical government if one should ever approach. And i uh, uh,
0: no, I'm going to be a little radical here. I think we are well on our way to becoming that if we aren't already. Sure. Exactly. So when, when you look at the difference, and that, and, and that's a really good—the Second Amendment's a really good um, juxtaposition between entitlements and rights. If you're entitled to have police protection versus the right to self-defense, we just watched the quality of the entitlement of police protection in Uvalde. How did that turn out, Chair of Politics? Oh, it was a— uh Complete an utter train wreck. It was a cluster duck.
3: Yeah, yeah.
0: If I can, it was yeah. terrible. Mm. It Abso- was terrible. Oh,
3: absolutely, absolutely. And uh, you know, like like back to that point of like, not everybody has the uh, the privilege of having police protection. I mean, you look at people that live out in the country, specifically in Wyoming. They have bears everywhere,
0: everywhere. <laughs> and you know even here in texas i've got i've got friends that live up north of marshall and if you guys know where, where marshall is they got mountain lions bear cats. hey you know i was just going back and forth to the car they had they had maulings out there and and yeah. my, my, my my friends they've got uh, jonathan and bethany have small children yeah do you want to take away their right to a high capacity rifle because do you, if you All understand board. if you understand how coyotes travel and how wolves travel. Do they travel in singles? Nope. They no. They travel in packs. My dad one time was assaulted by a pack of 30 or 40. He was underneath the car. Thankfully, I'd just gotten done care, uh, cleaning my mom's 380, her PPK. It was up here. And he grabs it. And uh, you know what? Thank God they eat their own when you're talking about coyotes because they ate the two that he shot. Uh, wolves don't. Taking away someone's right for an entitlement that's just not feasibly possible to protect everyone, it puts the government in the position of God. And not only is that idolatry, it's also incredibly ineffective. Wrapping up for the day, I want to get everyone's closing thoughts, starting with the chair of theology, because it flows from theology all the way down to economics. Economics chair is empty today, but through politics— Go ahead and give us your closing thoughts on the difference between God given rights and the counterfeit to that entitlements.
1: God given rights is you taking responsibility for what you can do to provide for yourself. Entitlements is sitting back and waiting for the government to give you what you want. And that's very simple. I mean, and the Lord created us to work. I mean, the Garden of Eden did not come easy. It wasn't sitting back and just the fruit was going to fall out of the tree into your lap. You had to actually work in the garden, and it was the most perfect place on earth.
0: I'm sorry, anti-work, uh, forward slash anti-work. There is going to be work in heaven. God made us to work. And when you are in America and you wish to fall back on entitlements, just a chair of philosophy speaking here, can I humbly suggest that you are suffering From the same sin that Esau did. You are giving up your birthright. God gave you an inheritance of being able to be free, to have these rights recognized and then protected by the government. This government can only work with a strong culture that has a good philosophy and theology. The United States will only work. I'll repeat that. The United States will only work if we know who God is and who we are under him. So moving over to the chair of culture, closing thoughts for the day.
2: Yeah, um, you know, it states on our God-given rights and the Constitution, we have the right to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, John Arthur. Um, and you know we're allowed to be able to have freedom of speech, freedom of religion, uh, freedom to protect ourselves, freedom from a tyrannical government. And you know it's like we, you and I talked about earlier how all of the added amendments that have that have come and since, added from there since, since the, the original 10. Constitution was written how it talks about uh, Congress shall or President shall, and not to create a big hoopla here or create a big problem with the conversation, but the 13th Amendment says Congress shall. Just like all of them. And that is not right. Because the government has
0: stepped in and usurped the authority. But what that does does culturally is that what's – politics, government, in the place of God. Right. And when we started writing the Bill of Rights that way, it was an acknowledgment to the secular humanist thinkers of that time correct. that government
2: it, was the one that issued rights and not God. Correct, and if the government can give it, they can take it away. And with the 13th Amendment they gave it, that means they can take it away. And it that should be a government right because God has given us the pursuit of life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, and that goes for every person that lives on this earth, regardless of what color you are. It doesn't matter. Amen. It's something that is God-given. You do
0: not have a right to abortion. You have a right to freedom. That child has a right to life. You have a right to life. Correct just wrapping up to the chair of politics closing thoughts for the day
3: well i don't really have many thoughts cuz i've been here for all the 5 minutes but uh you know, you know just just this entire topic of god given freedoms versus um, man given uh what's what's the entitlements word? entitlement thank you i went blank there I'm with uh, you. i get it <laughs> oh my god But yeah, I mean, whenever you think about it from a political point of view, um, our our job as citizens is to vote for people who will protect those freedoms and not people who will give us those entitlements.
0: Very good. I wish I had uh, Mrs. Producer on camera right now because Danny Boy is her brother and she's just cracking up at him, having his uh, mental pause there. She's giving me the high sign so I'm going to leave her alone. Uh with that said, if you enjoyed this podcast, like, share, comment, subscribe. Sharing is the new algorithm bait. Uh we are yes. putting out shorts of this, so go ahead and share those shorts if you uh think we missed something or you have something to add to the conversation. Join us in the comment section down below. We'd love to hear from you. And of course, if you hated it, Tell us in the comments what you hated, uh, how much you hate our guts, uh, why you think we're bigots for saying that uh, God has his best, your best interest at his heart. Uh, with that said, thank you all so much. We love you. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. All right, one last thing for you. One last thing. If you're still here, we put you to sleep, or you left the computer on, or you did actually enjoy it. Moving around the room, what is your favorite right in the Bill of Rights? What's the one that pops out? And let's go with the first 10. If you if you can remember your first 10, see if everyone here remembers their civics. What is your favorite?
1: Oh, you'll have to re- refresh the first 10.
0: I mean, come on. Freedom of speech. I know you like speaking. Okay. Well, uh, freedom of re- uh,
1: I love freedom uh, of speech, but freedom of religion.
0: Freedom of religion. Yes. In truth, that is mine too. But uh, I would really like... TSA, not to pat me down. I like my Fourth Amendment rights. I I don't have to plead the Fifth often. So I like my Fourth Amendment rights, rights against uh, unlawful search and seizure. TSA, you know, hey, Matthew, I love you. If you're out there listening to us, one one of our buddies from TSA, it's an unconstitutional search and seizure that they do every time at the airport. But uh, I don't rag on those guys. I think um, those people who rag on TSA are dumb. they are not going to accomplish anything. But Fourth Amendment, I love the Fourth Amendment.
2: Man, John Arthur and Nikki y'all make it difficult to decide on that.
1: Well, you can have
2: oh, you oh, can oh, share. I'm, I, y'all know me how I am and I'll I'll have to say the second amendment. I, I am a big second amendment fan and uh, I would have to go with that.
3: All right, and Danny anytime. Boy. Yeah, so I'm a, I'm am going to take two just cuz it's me. You're uh, take two? I'm going
0: to take freedom of religion and uh, second amendment. Very good. All right. So with that said, in the comment section down below, tell us what your favorite amendment was. Thank you so much. We love y'all. Bye-bye.
2: Bye-bye.